right, what's up, Foley fam? We're back for another week in the world of pro wrestling with the Chick Foley Show. I'm the world-famous heel husband, Seth Phelps. Sitting to my left right now, I got my lovely wife, Chick Foley, a.k.a. Sheena. What's going on, peeps? And up in New England, we got the man, the MVP, Marco Denton. What is up, everybody? Hey, guys, so another awesome week of wrestling. We had the all-out <coughs> pay-per-view in addition to all of the uh, – the normal, you know, 30 plus hours of live wrestling we got every week nowadays. Uh, so we'll get into that in a little bit. But first, we want to get our housekeeping out of the way. So we'll start off. Uh, remember, you can find Sheena on Instagram at Chick Foley. You can find Marco on Twitter at Chick Foley Show. Uh, for the Patreon, uh, we're at patreon.com slash Chick Foley Show. Uh, we encourage you guys to sign up for that. Uh, the biggest feature on that, and you get access to this for just $1 a month, is our Facebook group. We got an awesome uh, private Facebook group, but nothing but awesome wrestling fans. We're all about uh, buy, sell, trade, wrestling figures, and a lot of other stuff, too. And we just always have a lot of really good uh, conversation going on around wrestling. Um, plus, you're going to get some bonus content. We got an unboxing video that, of the Edgeheads. Um, me and Sheena are going to do an unboxing tomorrow night on the new Bret Hart and Goldberg Elite 2-pack. And um, just a ton of extras, uh, and it's just a good way to support the show. Um, Marco, you want to tell them about the fig teas promotion that we've had going? Yeah. So, uh, a little bit a while back, we did a, uh, pre-order for the, uh, fig teas UK, which is the name. Um, he makes figure, uh, teas for your figures and stuff like that. So, um, finally came in, uh, I think like late last week, um, went through about, I think there was about 18 or 19 people that pre-ordered. So literally, hand wrote every single <laughs> envelope. I know. I Marco's a, Well, I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to use a printer, but I wanted my I wanted my print my printers in storage. I didn't like I'd never use a printer ever in my yeah. life. Uh, so I was just like, you know what, I'm just gonna go hand just like throughout the day. I was just like little by little doing it. I'm like doing my regular job and then doing that in between that type of stuff. So, Dude, but nope, I'll, I'll be honest. There is nothing I hate worse than freaking addressing envelopes. Like one by one. Oh. That is like the most <laughs> tedious thing. Oh. And then I'm, like, I'm like, we need to just get stamps, you know, get the, get the stamp. No, everybody. exactly. And then like, I didn't know, like, I'm not like, I'm not sure like what the cost of like stamps are and like, how much Marco's how many stamps supposed to put on? No like, wonder the no wonder USPS is going under. <laughs> so I put, Marco's, Marco hasn't bought a stamp. No, since, since no yeah. So, so like I think there was one that I sent to Canada actually. So like that one had like I think they said like two, but I, went, mm-hmm. I threw three on there. I was like, you know what? Three stamps that should be enough that should cover <laughs> any cross country lines or anything like that. But yeah, so um, I've seen on our uh, Facebook group everyone's starting to receive theirs and they're displaying them with the with their figures and stuff like they that. Look great. They awesome. look so good. Yeah. yeah I, I love seeing everybody posting them with their figures. Yeah. So yeah, that, that definitely, uh, there are some extra, so I'm going to reach out to everyone in the group to see if anyone else, if anyone wants any, um, there are a few left. Uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of black ones left. There's not many of the teal, um, but the black ones are really, really nice too. So, yeah, and we're gonna uh, look into we're gonna look into getting some more of those done for you guys with a different one of our designs. So stay tuned for for more details on that. But yeah, it looks so great. So make sure if you post those pictures on social media, you tag myself on Instagram and tag Marco on Twitter, and we'll definitely repost and retweet um, all those all those pictures because we love we love when you guys show us the support. Um, and speaking of showing the support, I have to show some support to our friend Nick Camia. Um, you guys know him as Extra Cooler. He <laughs> Just illustrated a brand new kids book. It is so freaking awesome, you guys. It's called S is for Suplex. It's a it's basically an alphabet book. Um, and it's just a way to smarten your kid up to wrestling lingo. 
it's it's the cutest thing. He did all the illustrations. It's a lot of your favorite superstars in there. Um, not non WWE, obviously. You know, he wants to he wants to keep it where he's not going to get any sort of cease and desist on his on his book. So, uh, it looks great. You can go to extracoolerart.com to to order it. Um, Nick is just a wonderful guy, and like it's such a cool achievement that he got to like actually illustrate his very own book. So, uh, make sure you support him, and you can follow him on Instagram at extracooler. And, um, yeah, let's get inside the squared circle. One second. Before we do that, we got to announce the winner of our giveaway. So last week, uh, we announced we are going to be giving away three elites, uh, the Bray Wyatt Elite 77, and then the Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns from Top Picks. We were kind of tying it with the, uh, the payback, payback pack. Um, main event, and it was going to be Patreon exclusive. So the winner of that is Chadwick caps all right so this guy's a little bit of a mystery man so we went off the patreon site um and and kind of ran random.org a a raffle on there to determine the winner and this guy came up he's actually it looks like he's not a member of the facebook group and he doesn't even follow sheena on instagram but the guy is a uh, he's been a patreon for a few months now so we're really not sure what this guy's ties to the show is but chadwick if you're out there reach out you got three elites coming your way brother and uh, we appreciate all the support from you. Um, for another note for you guys on Patreon, they just recently introduced a new feature. You can now sign up annually and get a 15% discount. So uh, if you know you're going to be a member of the Foley fam for the long term, save yourself a couple bucks and uh, go ahead and pick that annual option and go ahead and sign up. And with that, we'll move into Inside the Squared Circle. Uh, one thing I want to let you guys know, we're going to change up the format just a little bit this week. So like I mentioned in the intro, there's a ton of wrestling nowadays between um, AEW, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, NXT UK, um, NWA is going to be coming back soon. And then we still try to keep an eye on what's happening with, um, you know, organizations such as Ring of Honor and Major League Wrestling in New Japan. It's just a ton. And we were trying to capture every single thing that was happening every week. And I feel like we were kind of shortchanging you guys. So what we're going to start doing is picking Chicks Top Six Stories of the week and kind of going a little bit deeper on those. So these are, uh, you know, curated by Sheena, what the top uh, wrestling stories of the week are. And we're going to get a little bit deeper on those. So let us know, um, reach out, let us know what you think of the new format. If you like this, if you want us to go back to trying to get a little bit of everything, but we're going to try to go a little bit more quality over quantity. So here we go. We're going to start with chicks, top six stories of the week. And at number six, Cedric Alexander joins the Hurt Business. So I'm going to toss this over to Marco first. Uh, let's get right to the top. You know, they've been teasing us for a couple weeks. Cedric had been kind of resisting joining up with MVP, uh, Bobby Lashley, and Shelton. But he finally joined up, and now the Hurt Business has four members. Uh, first off, Marco, do you think this was a good or bad move for Cedric? Um, I think it was a great move for Cedric. Um, mm-hmm. just, he, they weren't really doing much with him. Um, and if you watch Raw every week... The Hurt Business is on TV every literally every week. They're they're getting the TV time, so it's going to give Cedric some uh some more eyes on him. I'm actually interested to see him as a heel because um, since he started, he hasn't been a heel at all uh, since mm-hmm. the 205 Live days. So he's always just been like the like the the baby face that's smiling and you know giving hope to all the kids out there. But now he's just this <laughs> badass heel with this uh, badass group. So I'm actually really excited. I'm actually really excited for the Hurt Business in general. I'm glad that there's a, a stable like that. I know that um, a lot of people thought they were going to call it back to like the Nation of Domination days. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like the fact that there's like a, a four-man group that you can kind of like – I'm not, not going to compare them to the Four Horsemen. But you now now like um, the like people of color have like this – have this group that they can look at as like – this is kind of like 
what the four horsemen would look like if they look like me, that type of thing. So I think it's like a great representation. Uh, they always look great. They're always dressed really nice as well, too. So like um, I think I'm really excited about it. I'm excited where it goes. Um, as you can see, they dominate Raw and the Raw Underground as well. So they are really pushing this group as like the as like a really like a top uh, faction in it. Um, mm -hmm. I'm kind of interested to see what happens when the um, Retribution tries to uh, run it on them again and see if they uh, take care of Retribution and stuff like that. And, I mean, hopefully they end that that storyline soon. But um, but yeah, no, I'm definitely excited about the uh, the Cedric uh, move to the Hurt business. Yeah, I agree. He had kind of been spinning his tires. You know, he he got the big push after uh, Enzo Amore was fired and and forfeited the Cruiserweight Championship. Remember, Cedric's the one that won the the big tournament, culminating mm -hmm. at WrestleMania 34, and he had a pretty significant run with the Cruiserweight Championship. I think he held it for about seven months before finally dropping it to Buddy Murphy down at Super Showdown in Australia. So this is really the first thing he's had to do since then. So so I agree with you, Marco. Definitely a good move. Uh, Sheena, what do you think the overall potential of the Hurt Business is? I mean, like Marco said, I mean, they're on fire right now. They're on they're on TV every week. They have a lot of momentum. Um, they look amazing. I mean, they're they have I mean, they're built like a brick shit house. I mean, they're like there's so many muscles in their <laughs> business. Um, but that I just kind of worry because we've kind of seen these factions come together before and then like it just never really amounts to anything. You know, we've had we had the League of Nations before. We've had like, you know, Baron Corbin and the Channel Changers. Um, and then the the mid card of Doom with with Shane. You know, we've we've had these factions kind of come together and like be on TV every week, but then it just kind of never really escalates to any sort of like main event picture or anything like that. So I, I'm hopeful, um, and I hope that they they continue on with this and carry their momentum forward. But um, I'm kind of, I'm leery of being too optimistic because I've, I've seen this play out before. All right. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I, I like to see it that WWE does seem a little bit more committed to this faction. Cause like you mentioned, it's been a few that have kind of just come and gone over the past few years, but we'll see. I, I you know, I think, I still think Bobby Lashley is probably the biggest star mm -hmm. that they have right now. And uh, we all know what it sounds like when he's in the main event. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, poor Bobby Lashley. But I mean, got, he's probably a really nice guy. I hate to hate on him all the time, but he's just boring as heck. They do got the United States Championship now, and they got some momentum. So, so we'll see where it goes. So, we'll move on to uh, the number five story of the week. Miro is all elite. So, the artist formerly known as Rusev, a guy who once rode into WrestleMania on a tank, is now in AEW. Uh, we saw him debut as Kip Sabian's best man. Uh, you know, me and Sheena were watching together. I was actually a little bit hyped when Brian Pillman Jr. came yeah, out. Yeah, me too. I was like, oh, wow, this <laughs> is cool. I'm a big fan of his, and I was like, all right, sweet. They're doing something cool with uh, with Brian Pillman, but then uh, that turned out to just be a swear, but it was nice seeing Miro come out with the, uh, with the blonde hair. Uh, Sheena, what were your thoughts on how his debut went down? Oh, I thought he looked awesome. The crowd was immediately into it. I mean, they were chanting, you know, uh, Miro Day, and it, it was just... He, like I said, he looked amazing. You could tell he was just so hype um, that people were so hyped to see him. And I love that. I mean, I know we've talked about this before. I feel like I kind of like ride the fence on this because sometimes I hate it and sometimes I like it. But he came out and he kind of threw a little bit of shade at WWE talking about their glass ceiling and their brass ring. And he told them to shove, the, shove their brass ring up their ass. And I was just like, and he just said it with such a realness and such a passion that I was like, damn, dude. And I, I'm excited for... Um, Miro, I think I think he could really, really, really like be a be a force and be a presence in AEW. And I hope that they use him to his full potential. And I mean, I don't want to say he was underused at 
WWE by any stretch of the imagination. Like Seth said, he literally rode into WrestleMania on a tank looking like, you know, this freaking Bulgarian hero. Um, but I do feel like he could really make a name for himself in AEW. Yeah. No, All right. So I'm going to put you guys on the spot now. Do you guys think that Miro will main event an AEW pay-per-view within the next year? Huh? I think he will. Um, I think uh, he could have done that in, in WWE as well. Um, but there's that like age old, like rumor or however you want to put it, where, you know, if, if the, if the higher ups didn't, you know, um, take part in him being over, then, mm-hmm. you know, they kind of like snubbed him a little bit uh, with the fans actually put him over. I mean, Rusev day was really huge. I mean, that was probably one of the most over things um, ever <laughs> in that, in oh, that yeah. company, WrestleMania like, 34. Yeah. That was the go-to chant. If the fans yeah. got bored with something that uh, down in new Orleans, it was Rusev day. Yeah, exactly. So like um, just having that momentum and he, he's a great athlete as well. Like he was awesome. I, I enjoyed him in the ring. I thought he was really good. Um, they, there was just something about him that they just didn't, I don't, I don't know what it was. He, he, he has a personality. He had he wasn't one like major a, injury in WWE, right? He's not like injury prone. I don't remember him. Like he had like one ankle injury, I think, or foot yeah. injury or something. And then, and um, that's when he switched to the boots. Cause he was barefoot for a while. Yeah. He switched to the yeah. boots after he hurt his ankle. And yeah, I think that was, yeah, the boots, yeah. He, he never recovered after having to wear boots, man. He was, his barefoot push was, was where it was at. Yeah. Then that, that was pretty much it. Uh, in that sense. But, um, no, I, I mean, I, I think he'll, I think he'll definitely made a van. I'm not sure what, um, what capacity if he's going to get like a title shot or anything like that. But I think I, he'll definitely be in the main event pitcher um, in AEW. I mean, he has a great social media presence as well. Like, yeah, he's, he has a great personality too. Like he's not like, I hate to throw Cesaro cause we always like throw Cesaro under the bus, but <laughs> he, he's like, he's Cesaro, but with a, with an at, like with an actual like personality, he can, yeah, he's funny. Yeah, he can sure. be serious. He can, he can literally do it all. Um, so I, I don't see him not being in the, and I think he's got I think he's got the advantage he has is he has Lana too, right? Like Lana exactly. is like gonna push push him to get out of his box and like be on social media. I feel like if it was all left to just like uh Miro by himself, he'd probably just sit and like play video games like with no screens on. But you know, Lana, she's always gonna be doing some sort of social media content. Yep. So I think it really is to his advantage because she puts him out there a lot, you know. Um exactly. and then he's been building he's been building his Twitch. Um, over the last five months. So I think he's got a lot of momentum there. So we'll see, dude. I could definitely see him like pretty, pretty quickly getting in the TNT title picture, yeah. uh, you know, Mr. with Mr. Brody and all that. So, and like with Cody and whatnot. So I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes. I, uh, and you guys defense, I know Cesaro gets brought up a lot on this show. That's kind of been something going back to the early days of Chick Foley, yeah. of the Chick Foley show. But yeah, Cesaro really is the, uh, <laughs> like the textbook example of a guy who's awesome in the ring, but just has zero charisma. You know, he's, uh, yeah. he's the modern day Lance Storm. So you know, yeah. for the, for the yeah. new listeners just tuning in, that's why he gets brought up as a comparison point a lot. Uh, just cause you know, cause we love him. We think he's a great talent. And I mean, when he was with, um, Oh my gosh, his name is escaping me now. Tyson. Freaking Natty Tyson. Tyson yeah. Kidd, yeah. Uh, the closest thing we have to a heart in the <laughs> modern generation. Yeah. Um, when he was with Tyson, I love their tag team. Like they were so good. But yeah, he just never he just doesn't have the it factor to put no. him put him over. And that's something that we've literally, like Seth said, we've talked about since early days of Chick Foley. All right, now we're moving on to story number four. It's finally happened. It's been rumored. It's been teased. We've been waiting for it for going on five years now. But the role models, Sasha Banks and Bailey, have finally broken up. Um, you know, they've been 
Uh, dropping hints the last few weeks, been a little bit of dissension in the ranks. And finally, uh, this past Friday on SmackDown, uh, Bailey kind of had enough and just turned on Sasha and just brutally, brutally mm-hmm. attacked her after uh, after they lost their tag team championship rematch against Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. Uh, Marco, what were your thoughts on how it all went down in the post-match beatdown? Um, I like the fact that it like came out of nowhere. Like I wasn't expecting that to happen yeah. on a SmackDown. <laughs> I was expecting to have it obviously at a pay-per-view or uh, right. like a big event or something like that. But um, yeah, no, I, I loved it. Um, no, I didn't love the fact that she got the crap kicked out of her. I just, <laughs> I like the, uh, I like how it happened. Like how it like transpired. <laughs> like she had this like, and it also puts Bailey over more as a heel. Cause yeah. obviously she's, she's going to be the heel in this feud. And I'm she's going to be a heel until she grows that hair back out. That hair, <laughs> that hair is made for a heel. Oh yeah. I mean, and I'm not sure if you actually even brought this up. Like she's gotten 10 times better as a, as a heel. 100 uh, percent yeah 100 and i would have never thought in a million years back when she was like you know uh, the, the hugger bailey yeah, yeah she was the ultimate baby face i could have never and when she first turned heel i was like oh my gosh yeah. like, it was so grating and kind of like forced but yeah over the months i mean she has really come into her own and it it blows my mind how natural she is as a heel i love it yeah i mean her best friend sasha Banks, like one of the like the biggest heels <laughs> in that company yeah. so like um yeah, I think just being around her all the time actually helped her her character a little bit better uh, mm-hmm. when it comes to her, her heelish ways and, you know, making fun of people, picking on people and just being more aggressive in her style of uh, uh, wrestling, too, as well, you, if you noticed. Um, but, yeah, I, I love it. I love the fact that it, like I said, I was kind of thrown off that it actually, I think that was the whole gist of it was like, you get thrown in, you're like, holy, holy crap, this is. Yeah. It's actually happening right now. It's happening like, now. I've, like, I've been waiting yeah. for this for so long, and it's <laughs> yeah, actually happening. So, like, they're actually surprising us now. I'm so happy about it. But yeah, it was a, it was, it was, it was a brutal beatdown. Um, hopefully, you know, Sasha comes back stronger than ever. And um, obviously, this is leading to a SmackDown Championship down the line. So. We'll yeah, see what the, uh, the what the boss can the do. The humanizer to the neck was just brutal. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That that just makes me nervous. Anytime I see anything of that caliber, I'm just like, oh my god, oh my we, god, oh my god. I'm not. I'd have to go back and see when we've actually seen that move, uh, like connect. Because I know it's been set up. I feel like that move has been set up a few times over the past few years. But something always happens mm-hmm. where you know they kind of slip out over there and get stopped. True. So that you know that was a hell of a move, and yeah. we, we may not see Sasha back until the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Wow, that's a that's a ways away. So we're going on, it's been five years since, you know, they had their legendary rivalry in NXT, which was really built off of two matches. You know, uh, Bailey lost a couple championship matches on NXT TV, but, uh, and she got the reputation as, you know, the, mm-hmm. the scrappy underdog who always comes up short. And then she finally overcame Sasha at uh, TakeOver Brooklyn, the first one back in 2015, which was just legendary. You know, yeah. it, it's in the mix for the best uh, women's match of all time and, and, you know, quite frankly, one of the best matches of all time. And then they had an amazing rematch when they fought in a, uh, you know, to my knowledge, the first ever Iron Woman match yeah. a couple months later that October in 2015. So uh, that's what we're going off of. That's kind of the benchmark for it. Um, Sheena, do you think that they have any chance of living up to the hype uh, off of their initial feud? Dude, I don't know. I mean, I think we're going to get with these two in the ring. I mean, they know each other so well. They they can work together. We, we've seen the caliber of match that they've been able to put on in the past. But I just feel like with um, with the buildup, like you talked about, like it's been five years. We've had five years to kind of like, you know, build this up in our mind. Like if these two, you know, ever clash heads again and like, you know, have this monumental feud, how epic it's going to be. And I feel like in our minds, it's going to be this 
you know, legendary match. And it might be, but I think they're going to have a hard time living up to the hype um, that we've all kind of put the pressure on them. But I mean, who knows? I mean, these two, you put the pressure on them, they might just freaking deliver. But um, it's going to be entertaining either way. But I'm not sure if it's going to live up to the the caliber of match at like, you know, take over Brooklyn. Marco, what you take? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a hard thing to, you know, to not copy is a, is that, is that match at and take over. Um, but I think, I mean, they'll, they'll come close to it. Um, obviously they're a lot more seasoned now than mm-hmm. they were back then. Um, and if, uh, they, if you watch that, that untold, um, did you guys see that when they, you know, they went over that match and all that stuff and the stuff that they wanted to do that they couldn't do, but now, now they're able to do that. Now they, they have that stock of the company where they're able to get away True. with doing a lot of stuff. My, my, the drawback of it is, is like, it's, you know, COVID season. Yeah. So one, we're not going to have an audience, mm, right? Which true. we know NXT, those, those big matches in NXT, like the audience can make or break those matches and like totally change the dynamic, totally change yep. the energy. Like that, that's, that part is going to be missing. Two, I really hope, especially like we don't see this a lot in NXT, but we see it a lot in um, WWE, especially as of late with like the cinematic matches and all that. I hope they don't put some sort of like stupid stipulation on this match. I hope they just let these women. Yeah. I mean, if it's like a, you know, um, a cage match or, you know, uh, something like that, like that, I'm cool with that. But I don't want it to be a freaking tooth and nail match. Right. I want it to be. I <laughs> yeah. want it to be something. Yeah. I want it to be something that is like it's really going to be able to showcase these women, what they're capable of. And they're not trying to like run all around freaking you know the thunderdome um yeah and you know put on a put on a cinematic match so i hope it's just a straight up like barn burner yeah definitely i know uh sasha and bailey from takeover brooklyn 2015 gets mentioned a lot do you guys have a a personal favorite for best ever women's match Ooh. hmm I don't know. I mean, I feel like I always default to Sasha and Bailey from Takeover. I feel like that's just like my like knee jerk, um, my knee jerk response. What's your favorite women's match, Seth? So I really like uh, Asuka versus Ember Moon from Takeover Brooklyn in yeah. 2017. So yeah. this is when that was you know Oscar is going on you know almost two years on her undefeated streak, mm-hmm. um, and she had started turning. You know, she didn't. She never really made a full heel turn, but she started cheating a little bit to keep it alive. Like I think she used the ref as a shield in this match. Um, she was she kicked out of uh, of the eclipse, and then right afterwards, Ember just hit her with a vicious uh, running super kick, and she somehow kicked out of that too, and still ended up surviving to retain the belt. Um, that that one's always got a special place in my heart. You know, as as a personal note, that was literally you know less than about. 15 hours after our son Brett was born. So mm-hmm. I was in the hospital. Sheena was asleep and I was holding Brett in my lap, <laughs> uh, streaming to NXT takeover on my laptop. So, you know, that maybe, maybe the sentimental values cranked that one up for me, but that's my favorite women's match. How about you, Marco? You got anything? Um, so I'm going to go with, cause I watched it live was a uh, hell in a cell with our uh, Charlotte and Sasha Banks. Oh, that was, oh, that, that was, was a good first ever. Uh, we right. that so, yeah, that one's, that was really awesome. Yeah. I was actually, um, I was cheering. I think it was, yeah, I was cheering for Charlotte. These dudes in front of me were like, why are you cheering for Charlotte? Aren't you from Boston? I'm like, yeah, but I, I mean, I like Sasha Banks, but yeah. Charlotte's the superior athlete. Why can I, I can cheer <laughs> yeah. for her if I want I'm to. I'm cheer for winners. <laughs> yeah, leave me alone. Uh, no, did but you I, tell them that at the stadium? You said Charlotte's the superior athlete. Yeah, I did. Yeah, that's, I mean, I was like, she's way better than, I was like, I, I get it. Boston, Boston, get it, the whole thing. I think, but yeah, but she had trying to root for a loser. So, and we know Sasha Banks loses on paper. Always those big matches, no, exactly. dude. Sasha can't can't you, pull, you a, pull it off, dude. 
Uh, yes. but yeah, no, definitely that one. I love that. Uh, that that match is more specifically ingrained in my mind because I've seen it as it Nikki happened. Cross, Nikki Cross and Oscar had a killer match. It was a last man standing match. Last, yeah. standing. last woman standing. That. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was, standing. That was NXT awesome. TV. Yeah, yeah it was right. just like insane. <laughs> that was a hell of a match. Yeah, so I, I would have to go. I mean, there's so many. I mean, NXT has produced so many classic freaking women's matches. Um, and that whole crop of that whole crop of talent has just given us like amazing, amazing, amazing matches to remember. So it's it's hard to pick just one. Kids these days, they just you know I hope they're not taking it for granted. They we really are in the golden era of women's wrestling because mm. I know oh, yeah. as a kid when I was watching it, like I I would just fast forward through the women's matches and it wasn't um you know it wasn't because I was sexist or anything. The matches were just utter crap. You know you had a, a Lunder Blaze slash Medusa to. She was really the only American talent who was really doing her thing. They had her feud with people like Bertha Faye. You remember that? You remember her, Marco? Yeah, yep. I remember. <laughs> the, big, uh, the big Canadian. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, it, we really are in the golden age of women's wrestling. There's a ton of great matches to choose from, which makes it awesome. Seth is just always going to pull for Alundra Blaze because one time she like winked at him at um, WrestleCon. She did. He, uh, WrestleCon 2017. I don't know if she remembers this, but I definitely remember it. Uh, so I was sitting there. Uh, they had like... Uh, you know, during the middle of the the uh, the convention, they had just some seating area where they had stuff on the stage, and we we were kind of just taking the load off for a minute. And I noticed her walking up, and I turned around and looked at her. You know, we we kind of awkwardly eyes. made eye contact, so I looked away <laughs> for a second, and then I looked back, and she's still looking at me, and she smiled. So I was like, Uh-oh. okay, I see. You. So yeah, I'm I'm a big Medusa fan. She she was trying to get these hands, is what she was trying to do. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right, so on that note, we will move on to story number three. All right, so we touched on this a little bit earlier this week when we did our uh, our Chick Quickie recap of All Out. Uh, it's died down a little bit, but it's still kind of the dominating news story of uh, wrestling this week, and that was uh, the Matt Hardy situation. So uh, if you've been living under a rock for the past few days didn't know, he was speared off of a scissor lift during his Broken Rules match with Sammy Guevara at all out and they completely missed on the table and the back of Matt's skull smacked onto the concrete. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was clearly out of it. They stopped the match for a couple minutes and then um, just kind of out of nowhere, restarted it and ran straight to the finish. It it was awkward to say the least. And you could definitely tell the Matt was in bad shape. Mm. Uh, But sure enough, he was back on Wednesday night claiming that, you know, he's got a clean bill of health, but he does need to take some time off to heal, whatever the hell that means. Yeah. Sheena, what's your takes on the, on the overall way that uh, that AEW handled this situation? Well, I gave my unfiltered thoughts. We did a pa- like he like says said we did a Patreon exclusive for our All Out Fallout. Um, so make sure if you are our Patreon, you check that out. Or if you're not, you can go go sign in. Like we just did a, a specific Patreon episode about it. Um, but you know, just really quickly, I think they did I, the night of the match. Obviously, I can't fathom what was going through their what was going through their minds when like they saw this happen and the doctor is like oh crap like what the heck and they see matt hardy's like eyes just like staring off into nowhere and they're thinking like oh my god we just killed matt hardy um how you're thinking like oh my god how am i gonna do damage control on this right so i'm not i'm not taking that for granted that like that's a like crazy decision to make in that moment when you're recording you know a live show and all that kind of stuff However, to stop the match, like for it to be bad enough for you to stop the match, ring the bell, like, you know, the whole nine yards, call it off, go ahead and give commentary the the go ahead to just say like, oh, we're ending the match. Like, you know, sorry, folks, like we care about our talent, you know, get them to get them to kind of like appease the audience. 
And then all of a sudden to just out of nowhere, restart the match and make it like so horrible and cringy and like hard to watch because we know we're thinking like, oh my God, this guy can hardly walk. And now they have him climbing a scaffold, like, you know, and he pushes Sammy Guevara off. Um, I just feel like it was dangerous. It was unnecessary. I would have had more respect for them if they had just stopped the match, you know, went ahead and called it, told, you know, JR and them to just say, hey, you know, this is what happens. Sometimes these things happen. We got to make sure Matt's okay, blah, blah, blah. Um, but then they they trotted Matt out on uh, Wednesday. Was it Wednesday this week? I forget. Yep, which, I always forget which day because it's Last all night. switching around um, for the past couple of weeks. But yeah, they, they trotted him out on Wednesday and he announced that he was okay. His wife and their baby was in the audience and he apologized, which I appreciated, you know, him taking like them actually admitting like, Hey, this was crazy. I'm sorry that I put the fans through that. I'm sorry that I put my family through that. I thought it was a, a good move to do all that. But overall, I just felt like it was really poorly, poorly handled that. I still think there's a lot of stuff that's getting like swept under the rug that they're not really letting, letting us know about, you know? Yeah. I agree. It was a good promo. I think he, Matt did nail it Wednesday night. Like, yeah. I, kinda, I think yeah. after I watched it, you know, that was hater proof. You really couldn't get, Get For angry sure. at it. The one big thing that came out of the promo was that he said, you know, once he gets done with his with his time to heal, he's coming back and he's going after the AEW championship. So, Marco, what do you think about Matt Hardy making one more run in the main event scene? Um, I like it. Um, I'm hoping when he does come back that he changes his style up a little bit. Um, no more of the extreme stuff. Um, yeah. I spoke about that on the. He's gonna uh, be the soft core. Yeah, so. just so- soft core Matt Hardy. No more, no more hardcore and stuff. <laughs> um. He should just, he should just come out. Do you remember the little guy on Little Giants, the little small guy? Yeah, and the, the bubble. His yeah. mom like wrapped yeah. him up in all the padding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah I just, should. I, I really, you know, I get what you're saying, Marco. I feel you because I, you know, what another thing I told Chino as he was watching it is the crazy thing about the Hardy Boys. They've been over for twenty plus years now. You know, so. They're legends, no matter which way you cut it. But if he takes away the hardcore stuff, I don't really know what Matt Hardy's doing. Because last time I saw him in a WWE ring before he came out, uh, he looked like his legs were made of wood. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, just, uh, <laughs> I don't know, really know what he's doing if he's not bringing the extreme. Yeah. Um, um, I, I just, just just his age and the way he is moving, like his how his legs are, I think you should change his style up. It, I it, honestly... I honestly don't think that he would have gotten a main event run. I think this was all, and this is totally my speculation, and I'm just making this up. I haven't read or heard this from anybody. She's a conspiracy I'm a, theorist. You guys know oh, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a legitimate conspiracy theorist. Me and Marco here. I agree. Whatever uh, you're going to say, I, I agree with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am convinced that Tony Khan was like, all right, dude, Like, I, I have my checkbook right here. How many zeros are we, we going to do to make this thing disappear? And I'm also going to give you a title run if you'll just keep your mouth closed and tell everybody you're okay. I'll get you the time off you know, to recover from your head injury we'll get you the best you know uh neural doctors or whatever you need you know what i mean but just like we can't speak about this again after wednesday mm-hmm. night like it's lips sealed you know yeah. um, because i think it just came out of nowhere that he's like all of a sudden i'm gonna go for the title i was like wait what but yeah no, yeah, yeah wait, you know so <laughs> I, I definitely think this was some sort of like hush money situation yeah that, that i don't know if he's uh i don't know if he's got a championship run in his future but i would be down to see him and mox go with you know with no restrictions just let their imaginations run wild and see what they can do in a hardcore match oh yeah definitely and i uh i think like that that three minutes that they that he disappeared cost him probably three million in uh, <laughs> money. Um, yeah. But um, 
just from this, we actually have a new Matt Hardy in the multiverse, softcore Matt Hardy. That's what I'm going to try to pitch that to AEW. Softcore Matt. Yeah, get a, get a t-shirt design going. I'm sure they'll have it up for the end of the week. All right, so with that, we will move on to our number two story of the week. Finn Balor has joined Shinsuke Nakamura and Samoa Joe as the only ever two-time NXT champ. So, uh, you know, Finn debuted back in NXT on the first time that uh, they were on USA for Wednesday Night Live. Um, It's clearly been a successful move now that he's made it back to the top of the mountain as the champ. Uh, Marco, what former NXT champ do you think should be the next to go back down to NXT? Oh, the main man, the king of strong style. Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah. You read my mind. Yeah. Just jump back down there and just dominate. Just like there's so much talent down there for him to to battle now. Like obviously we have I mean one of my dream matches on there. This is before all this stuff happened. Uh Velveteen. Um I mm-hmm. think that would be like a really yeah. interesting program. Uh Shinsuke. The Shinsuke, the NXT version of Shinsuke and Velveteen Dream. Like their their promos and the stuff that they would doing the ring and that it just, it'd be really interesting that type of thing but um yeah definitely shinsuke nakamura no doubt in my mind him and johnny gargano him and tomaso Ch- like there's yeah. so many dream matches for him to to take part in and he can actually let loose he can go back to his his king of strong style style oh, yeah, yeah i was gonna say destroy. there's just something about his style that really translates in nxt that hasn't Fully, tra- I mean, he's done amazing things on the on the main roster, yeah, but I feel yeah. like it it just doesn't translate. It just doesn't knock as hard as it did uh, back back in NXT. So the thing with Shinsuke, I think you know, not that he's in any way similar to the Undertaker, but I think that's kind of the way you need to use him. He needs to be a special attraction. The thing that Shinsuke lost when he came up to the main roster was being featured week after week after week because that's yeah. kind of just the name of the game once you're on Raw or yeah. SmackDown. If you're one of the main guys you're going to be on there week to week. And Shinsuke works much better as a special attraction. You know, he's so unique um, when he's on and, and popping. His style just really stands apart from everybody else that's out there. And and I kind of agree with you. I think he would be money if he went back to NXT um, and made one more run of it before his time in, in the WWE universe is over with. Um, it's kind of unclear right now. The main event scene is really kind of yeah up in the air in NXT with carry on cross being out um adam cole's kind of done everything there's to do it kind of feels like the undisputed air is in a little bit of a holding pattern and we've already seen champa and gargano do everything there is to do in nxt mm-hmm. um sheena who do you think should be the first challenger for finn for his, his title well we were just talking about nikki cross so i think maybe her spouse uh killian dane would be a uh, oh. a good matchup for Agreed. for finn um i think it would just be i mean killian dane seth and i were actually talking about this earlier he's just totally underutilized. Um, and I feel like he's just like a freaking force to be reckoned with. Um, and they just haven't really tapped into that yet. He's, he, you know, he was with sanity. Um, and he just really hasn't had that time to time to shine. So I think going against Finn would be a good move. Yeah. Definitely. Marco, what about you? Who do you want to see Finn go against first? Um, that's tough. Um, Definitely Damian Priest, right? No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, not Damian Priest. Yeah. Um, um, I don't, it is kind of tough. I mean, definitely, uh, Johnny Gargano and, uh, Tommaso Chavo should definitely get, uh, get a run at him at some point. Um, mm-hmm. the only other match I want to see is, um, when they open up NXT UK and, uh, Walter shows up. Walter, I want to see, I want to yeah. have, I want to have a champion versus champion match between Walter and 
Finn Balor because that would be awesome. I uh, feel like am I just imagining it or didn't we get some kind of teases that Walter and Finn Balor was going to be a thing in NXT UK before the whole yes, pandemic yeah. broke out? Yeah, didn't um, Finn showed up at one of their pay per views, right? Yeah, he yeah he was the um, uh, yeah he who did he face? I forget. I can't, that feels like five years ago. Oh my gosh, um, I can't remember who he faced. I'm yeah, Finn, Finn right and quick. Walter would be great. And Finn's one of the few people that I think actually have the ability to take that uh, that NXT UK title off of uh, off of Walter. Oh yeah, the the only other thing he would have to like live up to is that Tyler Bate match, which is going to be really hard to beat because Walter and Tyler Bate uh, that match is probably one one of the matches of the year, if not the match of the year. Oh yeah, um, Tyler Bates awesome. That uh, that that match is incredible. Like, I still watch that like now because just just the storytelling in it, and, and just like Walter is, it's kind of like Brock Lesnar in the sense where you give him a smaller guy to work with, it's it's magic. Like, you you go back with like 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 I said, Brock Lesnar and Eddie Guerrero, Brock Lesnar and Rey Mysterio, um, AJ Styles, like any smaller guy and a and a bigger guy that can move like that, um, the matches are usually gold, and I think that uh. I think Walter and Finn Balor would definitely put on a show. What, um, you know, I, I'm actually going to have to plead some ignorance on this. Where's Pete Dunn been? Is he injured right now or is he just taking some time off because of uh, COVID? I, you know what? I haven't heard anything about it. I know like the initial thing with UK was like the traveling. The traveling stuff, so, like, back and forth. Yeah, so yeah. That's why they had to break up the, the what was it? Team the bros, the, the um, oh my god, the bros, the, the bros are yeah, the bros are yeah. Um, so he couldn't travel. I know that was one yeah, of the reasons. I just not but, realized um, I was like kind of running through my mental Rolodex, and I was like, wait a second, Pete yeah. Dunn and Finn Balor would be awesome. Well, where's Pete Dunn been? I, well, yeah. I haven't seen him since I've since I've been back stateside. Well, yep, and then they had uh, yeah, NXT UK was kind of like in limbo because they weren't. It was kind of like they had just shut down after like when COVID hit. So right. yeah. like it was just like, are they gonna get rid of NXT UK and not have it anymore? But obviously now they they have like that trailer of the new facility yeah, and all that stuff. So they they definitely are coming back. So um yeah, no, I'm excited about that. Uh I'm excited for a, a lot of things, especially with you know, even even if like travel begins, you could have like Drew McIntyre head over to NXT UK and face some of that those guys awesome. over there. Like Yeah, just see him get do a couple exhibition matches and stuff. I'm oh, a big yeah. fan of Cameron Grimes. I've uh I kind of have my eye on him since he came into NXT. I think, you know, if they give him a little bit more of an edge, I think he could be a big player in the main event. So I wouldn't mind seeing him and Finn go at it uh, also. Yeah, he's really good, too. Um, he fought Jordan Devlin at NXT Blackpool. That's what it was. Okay, yeah. Yeah, he, right. was, he was a replacement for Travis Banks. Banks? That's right. Barks? Banks. Yeah, Jordan Devlin. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, he got the – he had his title removed from him, the Cruiserweight. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, all right. I remember. All right, and with that, we'll move to our number one story of the week. So Jay Uso was the emergency replacement in the Fatal 4-Way match on SmackDown, and he somehow pulled off the upset victory. And now at Clash of Champions, we're going to see Jay Uso take on his cousin, Roman Reigns, for the Universal Championship. Uh, this is a huge match just because, honestly, the Usos kind of seemed like they were just completely pigeonholed as a tag team and we were never going to see any of those guys get singles run, even though they've been some of the most talented guys in the, uh, in the WWE universe over the past five or six years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here we go. It's going to be Jay versus Roman one-on-one. It's a lot of different ways we can go, uh, for this storyline. Sheena, uh, what are you hoping to see out of this? So first of all, I'm stoked to see Jay Uso get, um, get a singles push. And I think this match with Roman is going to be really, really, really good. Um, 
But I think a reformation, a heel reformation of the bloodline would just be unfreaking believable. Like Roman is like, you know, the big baddie. And then you got the two henchmen in Jimmy and Jay. Um, and then they got Paul Heyman being the mouthpiece for them. Like, oh, it's it would just be epic. I can't think of anything that I want more right now than a heel bloodline reuniting. Marco, how do you see this thing playing out? I think Marco's muted. Marco, are you there? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I was on there mute. he is. Um, we stunned him into silence with yeah. the... Uh, <laughs> the my, my, take, my take was so on point that he just couldn't even... <laughs> I was just like, that's that's perfect, dude. I don't have to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, I think uh, it's definitely going to be Roman not expecting him to actually... Obviously, he was just like, oh, you, you can go out there and have that match and you know win if you can on your own, that type of thing. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, so I don't think he... I think he's just going to go in there and just kick the crap out of him that's like his that, that's gonna be his game plan just to so you think it's gonna be you think it's gonna just be roman like you know embracing the dark side even more and just like beating the hell out of his own family member like yeah. turn, just turning turning his back on everybody yeah like, he's gonna be like kind of like a sacrifice for for gotcha. roman just like you know you want to be in this position um i wasn't expecting you to be in this position but i'm gonna show you why you don't want to be in this position and uh he's just gonna learn him a thing or two as they like to say I'm hoping we see a hard-fought battle where, you know, Roman shows a little bit of respect at the end and the family com- becomes tighter than ever. Uh, but we'll see. The great thing about it, like I always say, is that I really have no idea where the storyline's going, and that's typically when WWE's at its best. Uh, we do got a couple honorable mentions that didn't quite make the top six, but we want to hit uh, some quick thoughts on it. So another big story from this week, really probably second to the Matt Hardy situation was that WWE came out with a, with a new edict that, um, superstars had some new restrictions on them on what they can do, uh, with promoting themselves via and making money through third parties, such as Twitch or cameo. Um, Sheena, what was your take on this situation? I mean, I understand it from a business perspective. I think, you know, Vince, in his mind, he's probably thinking to himself, like, how can I, like, they're out there making this money for themselves, so how can I get a piece of this pie? So I can see him trying to think of something, like, especially in, you know, with COVID season, um, thinking, like, how can I get these virtual meet and greets that is through WWE, you know, like the cameo type presentations or, like, you know, I mean, obviously he's, I don't know if he can make his own Twitch, like, style app, but um, I think he can definitely, I I think he's got in his mind that he's going to figure out a way to get them off of those third party apps and like bring that into WWE to start making revenue for them. Because he said at first he came out and I mean, he was like guns blazing saying, um, you know, he owns their real names and and their kayfabe names. Um, Yeah, it seemed like their uh, WWE stance kind of softened up over the week and it's going to be a little bit more uh, liberal. Yeah, so they're gonna they're letting them know like, hey, now you can do it, but you have to use your your regular name. Like you know, Roman Reigns couldn't go on cameo and be Roman Reigns; he would have to be Joe um, Samoa Joe. Samoa, yeah, Samoa, the Joe Joe from Samoa. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, I think I mean I get it from Vince's point of view. Like you know, you definitely want to protect your brand and your talent and stuff. You don't want people getting on these other third party apps and being crazy. But at the same time, like I can't blame the talent for getting out there and like you know diversifying their their revenue streams because Vince has already showed he doesn't care to drop the axe you know like if if you know covid keeps going like he'll, he'll be the first one to just be like all right deuces like bye yeah, gerald briscoe got yeah. uh shown the door yeah. today wow yeah no, I Which my first take on that was i didn't know that gerald briscoe was still on the payroll but then second i was like man that's really pretty heartless 
yeah, heartless. So, yeah. I mean, like I said, I don't blame, I don't blame them for getting out there and finding um, different revenue streams. But I mean, I guess as a business owner, I can see where he's coming from. Yeah, definitely. So we're two weeks into the uh, bad news Barrett era on NXT on commentary. Marco, what's your take so far? Um, I love it. I think he's doing a really, really good job. Um, I've watched um, uh, NWA when it was on um, NWA Power on YouTube, and he was doing commentary on there as well. Um, he's really good in commentary. And I like the fact where he, if you can have someone, you have someone on there that can actually speak to uh, what's going on in the ring and what's going through uh, the minds of uh, the uh, the performers where they're in the ring. So, um, And he has like, his voice, too, is really great. Um, as well, like he, he brings out like kind of intensity, almost like a, like you, you almost like you feel more of the action when he's actually speaking and, you know, bringing the, the moves to life and the stuff that they're doing in the ring. Um, I enjoy it. I, I love that he's back. I was hoping that he would come back in some way, shape or form after I didn't, after I'd seen him on uh, NWA power. Um, I was hoping that, uh, WWE would, uh, come knocking on his door at some point, but, um, yeah, no, definitely. Um, hopefully you make it to the main roster and, um, get uh, Michael Cole out of his position because <laughs> he's taken over everywhere. I don't, I don't like the fact that he abruptly took over raw for some reason that nobody dude, still knows about. I know everybody craps on Michael Cole, <laughs> but dude, that dude has the hardest job in it show business. Tough. Dude. I like, you know, we give him a hard time because he's got, you know, it's boss time and we get yeah. so tired of hearing the, the same big dog. Yeah, yeah. We get so tired of hearing <laughs> the same freaking things. And you know, the, we're trying to watch the match and he's trying to sell us on some bullshit, you know, for WWE. But dude, I mean, I cannot even fathom doing the things that he does and all of the things yeah. that he's hearing and thinking and saying. Like he has, like his, whatever his brain motor skills are, is like, like <laughs> far and away above anything that we could comprehend. So you know, shout out to Michael Cole, dude. And he's done good. If you see him in, uh, if you really want to hear what Michael Cole can do, go watch Beast uh, Beast of the East from July 2015. So that was the show. Where uh, you know Finn, we were just Finn talking about him. He beat Kevin. No, he beat oh. Kevin Owens for the uh, the NXT title there. That was mm. uh, yeah when he went and uh, Brock Brock fought Kofi there. That was the first oh, time. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He squashed Kofi. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that was you know Vince didn't really have a hand in that one. It was just a network special, and you really hear how good of an announcer Michael Cole is. But back to uh, to Wade Barry. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Marco. He's done a great job. Uh, you know, his voice is just, it's so distinct, um, that, you know, I feel like he's got the kind of voice, if you're flipping channels and you see wrestling for five seconds and you hear this guy on commentary, uh, you're going to stop and kind of hear what he says. You know, I think he really does add mm -hmm. to the match and to go back to what we were saying on uh, potential challengers for Finn, you know, I'm still holding out hope, uh, that, that maybe bad news Barrett will make a comeback. You know, I, I kind of get goosebumps just thinking about it. Say, let's say Finn runs through a few, uh, a few of his first challengers for the belt and, you know, starts uh, getting a little full of himself and, and mouthing off. And, and we see bad news Barrett come up from commentary to step in the ring with Finn. I, I would love to see that match because he really attired, he retired pretty abruptly. Um, and we didn't get to see him against a lot of the guys that have come up here in the past few years. So um, I'd be down for it uh, if he ever did want to step back in the ring. Was Wade Barrett in the League of Nations since we he brought was. the League of Nations? Yes. Okay, I, th yes, I thought he was. was. It yeah, was, it was Wade Barrett, <laughs> uh, Alberto Del Rio, yes, Rusev, and uh, Sheamus. Sheamus, yeah, Hall another future Hall, Hall of Famer. future Hall of Famer, Sheamus. <laughs> he'll, he'll, he'll get his day in the spotlight before Bulldog. <laughs> All right, so that wraps up our uh, inside the squared circle uh, news for this week. So again, let us know what you guys think of the new format for how we're going through the. Uh, all the content that uh, the pro wrestling world is pumping out for us week to week. With that, 
We're going to move on to everybody's favorite segment of the Chick Foley show. Go figure. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. All right, guys, this is Go Figure, where we talk about all the latest news in the wrestling figure world. This segment is sponsored by Ringside Collectibles. Make sure you guys are using Chick Foley for 10% off anytime you make a purchase there. Um, so first off, we'll start off with the Ringside news. So Basic Series 112 is now in stock. Um, I think the biggest uh, figure from that is going to be the Sasha Banks. That's the first Sasha that we've got with uh, with blue hair. Marco, you plan on picking up anything else out of Basic 112? Um, no, the only, the only one you should pick up is, is the, uh, smooth Bobby Lashley. No, definitely the, uh, Sasha Banks. I'd probably, I'll probably pick that one up. Yeah. Cause that's the, uh, the new version of Sasha Banks that we haven't seen yet. So mm-hmm. I'm on the fence on that one right now. I feel like, uh, again, this may be something else that I'm just imagining. Cause it's been so much figure news over the past six months. I thought that we saw that there was going to be a ringside exclusive elite, Sasha with blue hair. I mean the jacket and like yeah. the whole yeah, nine yards, with the jacket yeah. and everything. Um, but I haven't heard anything else about that. I didn't see anything on it at uh, Comic Con. Uh, so I'm kind of on the fence. We definitely need blue hair Sasha because you know it's been pretty mm-hmm. awesome since she came back. But uh, I, I think I may hold out for the elite. Um, and then we got AEW Unrivaled Figure Defenders. Those are in stock now for the MOC collectors. Again, uh, you know. I don't know why you'd keep your figures in MOC. You got to let these things breathe. You I know, know. And, and not even just keep them in MOC. Now you're wrapping them in another plastic prison. So you're like, du- <laughs> that's like double suffocation. Dude. Marco, do you got anything MOC in your collection? Um, do I have anything now? Um, I, uh, no, not really. Just no, not really. Most of the stuff I do have MOC is just waiting to be open. Nothing displayed. If you're a new listener here, if you're a new listener here, Marco used to be an MOC collector. And then finally, I just kept kneeling him, kneeling him week after week after week. And then finally, one day he just cracked and he just opened (laughs) all of his figures (laughs) and he's never looked back. (laughs) It's so liberating. Loose is the way to go. You can play with them. You get to check out the figure, mess with the articulation, you know, so, you know, no shame to how everybody collects, but. Yeah, you do you, but. I'm a big believer that, yeah, loose is the way to go. Um, Elite 79 is in stock. We got it this week. Um, the Io Shirai is just incredible. Stand out for sure. It's another one of those figures, you know, this, it's my most high praise, but I use it rarely. It, you know, it seems like they just shrunk her down and made her into a figure, you know, the head sculpt, everything Mm -hmm. about it just looks incredible. Um, the Roman's great. I think it's probably the best Roman figure that we've had so far. And then the Bobby fish is really cool too. Marco, what'd you like most out of Elite 79? Oh, definitely, definitely the EO Shirai. Um, I was actually looking on Twitter earlier. Um, Ringside said that's probably like figure of the year so far. Uh, the EO Shirai, just like the, the soft good jacket, the yeah, the just the 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 face scan, every, like everything. It's it is pretty on point. Bill Bill did a really good job on it. Um, and uh, yeah, no, that, definitely that one. Definitely the Roman um, is great mm-hmm. as well. Uh, yeah, we got first, we finally uh, got a ponytail man yeah, bun Roman. The first yeah. elite ponytail Roman that we've gotten. Yeah, and I feel like you need that now because obviously that's like the heel version. He's gonna have his hair slicked back a lot. Yeah. So um he just still has a goatee on this one, but um whatever. That's that's he changes from week to week. He might have a goatee next week. Who knows? 
yeah. not a big deal, but uh, yeah, I like. I think the Xavier looks really great with the Stevie with the Stevie head sculpt and the glasses yep. and all that. Like, yeah. oh man, I think that looks so good. Yeah, it's probably my second favorite after the EO is uh, Xavier Woods. And so then we've also got uh, the Ultimate Edition Series Five and the China Triple H two packs are also back in stock on ringside. So again, use Chick Foley. Uh, code for ten percent off anytime you're making purchases from them. Uh, let's go into our weekly purchases, Marco. What all did you get this week? Um, so speaking of that, I did actually get the um, the Xavier Woods um, with the uh, also the up up down down uh, title is in that. Oh as well, yeah, really yeah, awesome. yes. great job on that. Looks so good. Yeah, so um, so that's pretty sick. I got the the Big E from that as well. Um, the series before that, uh, Kofi. So now all three of the uh, new day mm-hmm. uh, with the titles. Um, think if I go with the top picks just to just to get the Kofi with the extra belt, so they can all three of them will have a tag title, even though they don't have a three man tag yeah. title. But I think it'd be pretty cool to have all three to have that. Um, I grabbed the the R Truth uh, with a twenty four seven title nice. as well, um, and um naomi grabbed her uh figure as oh, yeah, uh, that's well a good one. um also the uh the regular or the chase uh the chase uh uh naomi um a little bit of fig hunting uh spotted a uh billy graham at a time oh wow superstar, oh, wow. the superstar I have not billy seen graham. That in a while. yeah so um picked that up um and there was also drake maverick but Drake, Drake and say he can hang out. Yeah, we got Elite 65 on the pegs over here in Virginia. Oh my god, geez. Yeah, they just started putting stuff out like recently. Yeah, it's it's been pretty I was I was I was actually shocked that they had it. So yeah, a lot of targets in my area started to put out um, a lot of like 77, um, even 76. I've seen I've seen even older ones. Obviously the Nayas are still floating around and Ronda Rousey's still uh, stable and uh and a lot of the targets uh she never disappears that whole actually that whole line is is a stable i think that's just like a that's going to be there forever they just automatically appear after you purchase one they just <laughs> they just respawn yeah they just on the peg. And yeah they just respawn to the pegs but uh um i think that's it that i'll probably think of something after but yeah it's pretty much real quick did you guys notice that they have a new seal on the um on the elite figures i know marco had actually talked about this yeah Yeah. um yeah so they have this it's like a it's like a what does it say on it do you have the certified yeah certified authentic hologram yeah it's a big gold seal and it's got a little wwe hologram in the middle and then it says around it certified authentic yeah so um I'm kind of and at the top. It actually has like the topics. It says must have superstars. So like, yeah, they really, yeah. a picture of the superstar on the front of the bubble. Also, yeah, that's new also. Yeah. So I'm not sure what this I'm not sure if it's going to be. It's, I'm assuming it's going to be on all the future elite packaging. Well, maybe just the pot topics. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of curious as to what that certified authentic. Well, that's what like. that's what I told Seth. I was like, are there like fake like, you know, Amazon uh, people pumping out uh fake elites like i don't know yeah. what the what the deal is with the uh certified authentic but i think I, it's just something to kind of catch the eye a little bit as you browse browsing down the uh the toy aisle i don't like all the stuff on the front of the bubble if i was an moc collector which i'm not so it doesn't really matter what the packaging on the outside looks like to me yeah. but if i was moc collector i would not want all of this busyness and business on the front of the 
the, the bubble. You know what I mean? Like you're only going to get to see one side of your figure ever. So you might as well see the most of it that you can. You know, you want to do peek, peeking behind Roman Reigns' shoulder to see what the boot pads, you know, the kick pads look like and all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? So I, I, I don't think it's too busy on the front now. So for our weekly purchases, uh, we got Elite 79 from our friends at Ringside. Again, like we mentioned, the uh, the Roman's excellent. Io Shirai is, is really just an incredible figure. She's definitely going to be on the top 10 list at the end of the year. And then the Bobby Fish was pretty cool. Um, really not a bad figure in the set. You know, Daniel Bryan's a little bit plain, but even he's pretty cool because, you know, he really represents uh, kind of the transition Daniel Bryan went through when he went with his feud with The Fiend. If you guys remember, Bray Wyatt pulled him under the ring and then channeled his inner uh, Brutus the Barber Beefcake and, and buzzed his head off. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Daniel Bryan with long hair and short hair. Uh, we also, we got a uh, Bret Hart hockey jersey uh, from Eminem Figure Clothing that we're going to go into detail on on the next Unboxing Mania episode. Um, I talked about it last week. I got the uh, the weight belt to go with that Hasbro Custom Elite Ultimate Warrior. Uh, Sheena, the, expert, the best belt customizer in the game, she yeah. uh, hooked it up. You're and uh, so we'll get some photos of that up here pretty soon in the next couple of days. And then also, uh, for everybody knows, so WWE Shop launched their spinoff, The Legend Shop, uh, a couple weeks back. We made our first purchase from them. We got the Bret Hart crew neck with the uh, the Bret Hart glasses. And I can say that nice. uh, it's definitely a little bit of cut above of the normal quality you get from WWE Shop. So if you've been on the fence about getting something from Legend Shop, go and pull the trigger and get it. I think you're going to be very happy. The Bret sweatshirt came out very nice. Um, so the rest of the figure news, the, uh, top picks 2021 was revealed just this afternoon. What were you guys thoughts on that? You know, it's not, nothing to be too excited of. I don't think it's, it's three re-releases and then a new Kofi. Sheena, what was your take on the new set? Thank God there's no AJ. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, I love, I love AJ Styles as a person. I love AJ Styles as, as a superstar, but I do not need another AJ Styles on the pegs, you know, they're, they're clogging up the pegs right now. So yeah, we got Drew McIntyre, we got Roman Reigns, we got Kofi Kingston and the theme Bray Wyatt. Um, I'm, I think it's a cool set. I think it's a very diverse set. It's not people that I feel like we see all the time. And we've seen so many Braun, so many Seth, so many AJs. Like, I, I think this is cool. Huh? Yeah. Um, yeah, nothing really. It, it, the, the top picks are made for the, you know, the, the figures that are going to be obviously just sitting in the stores waiting for like kids to come and buy them. Yeah. the most popular of the, uh, I'm, I'm kind of surprised the fiends in there. Let's see. That's my well, biggest. It, what's the biggest, what's, what's the difference from this it's and the exactly regular, it's the yeah. exact so same. The, the fiend Roman and drew were all straight re-releases. Kofi's the only one with a new paint job. Yeah. And, um, I mean, if I, if I'm going to pick a fiend, I'm going to get that one. Cause it has that cool seal of approval on it. Which is, <laughs> which is pretty awesome. I mean, it's a, that's what it, I think that's what we, we talked about earlier. It's like to catch the eye more and like, yeah. oh my god, I have this like really top of the line. Yeah, that's true. That yeah, um, it's a it's a sales pitch, or it might just be some type of thing that they got to put on elites now, just to show that they're kind of above any other type of figure out there. Um, but yeah, the the um, the feed one, I'm really surprised at. That's that's one of the top picks. Um, it, just in time for. October and Halloween and stuff like that too. So yeah, I mean, uh, but other than that, yeah, I mean, it it is what it is. It's a top picks line. It's a different topics line. Like you said, no AJ, definitely no um no Seth Rollins too. That yeah. was a surprise. 
Um, Just think about all those people though that like paid a huge markup for the fiend on like eBay and stuff, and now he's straight re-release. Yeah, now it's a straight re-release into the top picks line. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) The Kofi figure is pretty cool, but to me, I really only want you know I got the Kofi from the WrestleMania set last year, but other than that, I really need all three New Day and matching attire. If I'm adding any uh, New Day figures to the permanent collection. I kind of love the rainbow. It is kind of cool that we're getting Kofi with blonde hair for the first time. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. uh, So also other figure news. So the Survivor Series elites for this year were found in the UK of all places. I know, uh, you know, shout out to all our UK fans. Uh, We got a lot, a a ton of uh, uh, British Chick Foley fan members. Um, So thank you guys for the continued support. And I'm glad to see you guys finally getting a little bit of love. Uh, but the the John Morrison, Kane, and Samoa Joe from that Survivor Series set were found in the UK. Uh, Marco, what figure are you most excited for out of that group? Huh. I do like the Kane. The Kane's pretty sick. Um, um, also the John Morrison as well. Um, the, uh, John Morrison's first elite yeah. since he's been back. Yeah. Um, so it's the, uh, it's the younger John Morrison there too. So um, I like that. Uh, but yeah, definitely the Kane's probably my favorite out of the uh, just like Kane's figures are always really cool. He's to use the term toyetic. He's very toyetic when it comes yeah, to. Yeah, you can't really make a bad Kane figure. Yeah, I like the Samoa Joe just because it's in blue. I, I, I oh, thought yeah. it was pretty cool. I'm, I don't know for whatever reason. You know, I'm, I'm a sucker for blue and black colorway. That was my high school color, so maybe that's why. Um, but yeah, the Samoa Joe is really cool. Uh, and yeah, like you said, you really can't make a bad Kane. Um, also, uh, you know, some more breaking news from today. It looks like the Charlotte Ultimate Edition is shipping. You said you got a confirmed uh, shipping notification, Marco, yeah, on I Charlotte? Got, yep, I got one earlier today, uh, basically saying like you're uh, from FedEx. And then later, actually later in the evening, I got one from uh, from actually ringside themselves saying your order has been shipped. And I was like, oh, my God. So I had to go. I was like, get this order. You have to go back and check your orders. But yeah, it's the, uh, it's a, the Charlotte Ultimate Edition is on its way. Which is, um, I know a lot of people. A lot of people are hitting me up saying like, "Oh, I haven't gotten that um, yet." But if you ordered it with other stuff, they have that disclaimer on Ringside right. where if They're you order wait something, the last things available. Yeah, yeah, whatever's whatever time frame that that figure that you added it to is going to be delivered. That's what's going to be delivered. So I made sure I did it by itself. I didn't order with anything else. So I did stuff. So if you're just going to go on there and order stuff. And you know uh, they're going to be shipped at different time frames. Just take the time and just do separate orders. Don't, yes, don't it's do it all together. It, um, it's made, worth it. Made that mistake plenty of times where you're like, oh my god, it's actually out. But then you're like, oh, I ordered with this one. That's a month later. So I'm not going to get it till <laughs> a month yeah. later. So like, And don't make the mistake of letting like a dollar or 75 cents keep yeah. you from getting USPS priority True. instead of FedEx smart post. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like like everybody complains like, Oh, my figure took so long. I'm like, you chose smart post to save like 75 cents. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> smart post is literally the worst. And also you're supporting the, the U S postal service, which we need right now. So yeah. support priority mail <laughs> for the people who are, uh, are really kind of, you look at figures as, as an investment. Um, I would say, you know, give some serious thought into picking up a few extras of these Charlottes and rocks from this ultimate edition. Cause yeah. uh, you know, Mattel's already announced that this set uh, series six, the rock and Charlotte, they're not going to be at retail. All right. So Charlotte's going to be a ringside exclusive and the rocks going to be an Amazon exclusive. Um, and I think long-term these things are going to go up in some value because the ultimate editions are already are holding and increasing their value mm-hmm. on the resale market. And these ones are going to be probably going to be uh, less mated than any of the other ones. So 
definitely pick up a couple of these if, if you know if that's your jam. I, I get them just for fun, and I'm definitely picking up the Rock and Charlotte because I think these are going to be the best versions of both of these superstars we've gotten so far. But they should uh, they should definitely hold their value for the people that uh, are trying to make a few bucks off of these. Um, lastly, uh, the Zach and Kurt slash uh, Matt and Brian Super Seven figures are now available for pre order. Uh, what you guys take on this? These things are forty five bucks a piece, and they're not going to be out for a year. I know that caused a lot of uh, mm-hmm. you know a lot of hate and discontent in the figure world. Sheena, what's your take? So I know a lot of people were balking at the price. Um, it is a lot for an action figure, but. Um, I think, you know, you got to think like these are, these are going to be small batch niche figure. So it's not like Mattel is this giant machine that's like cranking out, you know, thousands of these Drew McIntyres, right? Like it's, these are going to be specifically made to order, um, figures. So it's going to cost a little bit more the year lead time though, dude, that, that just blows my freaking mind. And, and the thing about, we've come to find out about super seven is like, that's a year lead time that they're telling us and (laughs) the chances of it getting extended are pretty pretty significant i mean yeah. it could happen if anybody's gotten their new japan series one figures yet hit us up <laughs> yeah, let yeah. us know <laughs> let us know um so yeah i mean it it's one of those things like you're gonna have like if you're a fan you're gonna do it but i think a lot of people are really kind of just like mm, i don't i don't know it's like michael scott he's not they're not he doesn't know if he's gonna want a baby next year you know you don't you don't even know if you're gonna want these figures next year when they come out <laughs> marco did you pre-order them um yeah i yeah definitely did the pre-order only because um, I think they'll have, like you said, obviously it's not Mattel. They're not going to be cranking them all like left and right. But um, it is it is Matt and Brian there. You know they're definitely going to be like on it um, mm-hmm. every step of the way uh, with these figures being made. Um, and a yearly time doesn't necessarily mean that like they're going to be you know um, gone in a like they're going to it's going to take a year for them to be made. They could be earlier than a year. They're just saying maybe like. Judging by like what pre-orders they get, how many people are pre-ordering it? Yeah, it could be faster than a year. So, I mean, I think just giving, I, I think saying here's a year lead time. If they did that with the new Japan figures, I mm-hmm. think it would have been uh, well received. They didn't. That wasn't right. a, a thing. It, they yes. didn't say anything about a year lead time or given. Hey, hey guys, you know what? These are made to order. It, it's going to take some time to make. We're not a yeah. we're not a huge company. We're not going to you know pump these out like super fast. So give us at least a year. So they. It's, I think it's going to be surprising. They're going to be out a little bit earlier than, than the yearly time. That's, yeah. It's, that's and it's only open. It. The pre-order is only open for one month. So it's only open for until I think like October 1st or September 30th, something like that. So they're only keeping the pre-order open for one month. Um, we pre-ordered ours, obviously through ringside collectibles. Um, the shipping was cheaper through ringside collectibles and yeah, we got to use our chick. Off. Yeah. We got to use our chick Foley code to save 10% off. off. Um, so I would definitely recommend if you're going to go that route, because we looked, we looked at them on super seven and thought about pre-ordering them. Cause we didn't know ringside was going to offer them yet like literally we were looking at the site and then all of a sudden ringside was like well we got our you know super seven figures um and the the shipping was going to be significantly um more expensive than it was with ringside so if you're going to pick one between the two just know that ringside has the better the better deal especially if you use the code yeah we have the first two series of uh new japan figures and matt and uh kurt again sorry but Matt and Brian yeah, uh, pre-ordered. So it, Super 7 owes me 10 figures as of right now. Uh, yeah. So hopefully I, I get to see them sometime, you know, before it's my, like, my it's just like buying. Yeah, it's like buying stock. You just keep putting your money in and yeah. hoping that one day it's going to pay off and, you know, come to fruition. All right, so with that, we will move on to Quarantine and Chill. El Idolo! 
right, guys, this is quarantine and chill, so you can't watch wrestling all the time. This is our segment where we're going to go into detail and talk about some stuff either. You know, it may just be a documentary about wrestling or it could be something totally non-wrestling related and something that's held our interest for the past week and uh, something to pass the time while we're all kind of on lockdown for another few months at least. So I'll start off. Um, I'm going to recommend another podcast. You guys know I'm addicted to pods and I'm going to recommend Boomtown. All right. So that's a podcast that came out late last year. Uh, it was about the the oil boom in West Texas that took place in uh, late 2018 and early 2019. Uh, it scratches a couple of different itches. So one, if you guys don't know, Sheena's like the ultimate hippie. All right. And it uh, it talks a lot about the kind of uh, the constant conflict between, you know, economics and, and environmental conservation. Um I'm also a business major, so you know I, I really got into that. Just talking all the economics of of the impact from this, uh, you know, this newfound oil boom in uh, in Texas, and then also, you know, I kind of grew up in Texas. I lived in Texas from 1993 to 1999, which was you know third to ninth grade for me. So I really grew up there, and Texas is a really cool place if you've never been there. You know, it's got a little bit of everything. You have the the Gulf Coast all the way to hill country to mountains. And then in West Texas, you know, it's like the desert. Um, so just a really cool place to live. And it's just interesting, you know, it, it goes from the the biggest picture stuff to, you know, the, the smallest picture stuff where it will talk about, you know, the impact to local fast food restaurants and stuff in yeah, these areas really where good. the oil boom's going down. So it's only 11 episodes. Again, it's a serialized podcast. So you're going to get it all in one shot. And then the cool thing is so the podcast actually wrapped in January this year. But they went back and did a bonus episode in April after the oil industry like basically totally collapsed due to the the pandemic. So uh, it's called Boomtown, uh, and I definitely recommend checking it out. And then uh, Sheena's got a little bit of uh, you know hate and discontent to express for her quarantine and chill for this week. So take it away, Sheen. <laughs> so um, I won't necessarily give like a podcast or a documentary uh, recommendation at at this time, but. If you're going to be quarantined and chilling, one thing I would recommend you not eat while you quarantine and chill is the new Travis Scott special from McDonald's. Um, guys, <laughs> first of all, can we just address the fact that one Travis Scott is like one of the hottest rappers in the game? Yeah. Like, you know, basically they, they could not have flopped this launch any more than they did like they literally did not put a single um ounce of like marketing into this like it's on the menu you can see it on the menu but when you get it you know i mean when you get something like this you want something that's like instagram worthy and something that is you know that you're gonna be able to like post and be like hey look what i got i'm a part of this like cool thing you know it sounds so freaking first world and so so petty but i mean it's 2020 we gotta we gotta get pick the wins where we can get them right <laughs> and typically my mcdonald's you know like I, I mess with mcdonald's breakfast because it's awesome um but if i'm just gonna drive through mcdonald's which doesn't happen all the time but like double cheeseburger like some you know nugs or like a, a mcchicken like that's typically my order you know what i mean I, i'm like a dollar menu gal but i went i went with my gut today i was like you know what i'm gonna try this travis scott thing it's like a quarter pounder with um you know adds bacon and lettuce barbecue sauce with the fries yeah you get you get a sprite to drink yeah you get to order fries and then you with the order like a barbecue sauce on the side and you get a sprite to drink well first of all they asked me what i wanted to drink which is supposed to come with just a sprite supposed to just order it as a special (laughs) don't give me the choice don't give me the choice just give me what travis scott i don't want the travis scott experience i want to know what he likes (laughs) i want to be travis scott right now you know Um, and then I got up there, they, you know, gave me my bag and everything. I'm like, oh, cool. So I open it. I'm like, this just looks like plain old McDonald's. What the hell is this? You know? And my local McDonald's was so bullshit. They didn't even give me 
barbecue sauce, and they gave me a Coke. And there was no yeah. bacon on your sandwich. And there was no bacon <laughs> on my sandwich. Oh, wow. So, okay. Yeah, so I had the Sheena Phelps experience. And the receipt didn't even ring up or anything. <laughs> there, there was no, it didn't say Travis Scott on the receipt. I had nothing cool to post to Instagram. I just had my, my hamburger and my sadness just sitting there Aww. eating, eating. Yeah, I was like, I was so bummed, you know? And I'm like, is it, I mean, isn't he, he's like married to one of the Kardashians, right? Isn't he like a baby daddy to one of the Kardashians yeah. now? Yeah, is it? Kylie, Angel? right? Kylie, yeah, yeah Kylie. Yeah, so he's basically a Kardashian. They couldn't get, I mean, you think if Kim Kardashian was promoting McDonald's, her tits would be all over. <laughs> they would have like stickers of Kim Kardashian on every burger. Oh, yeah, the definitely. Bo- the box would be covered so. in Swarovski crystals. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> there was nothing. Like, it felt yeah, like I was just great. like drunk and drove through and like, you know, ordered the wrong thing. And to put this into some historical perspective, so I- I'm definitely like a, uh, Something of a fast food aficionado. Mm-hmm. I really love it. You know, I like trying all the different promotions and stuff. Um, and it's for whatever reason, the fast food industry just really interests me. This is only the second time in McDonald's history that they've given a meal to an individual. So Michael Jordan, no less than Michael Jordan, you know, the greatest athlete of all in, time in history. Yeah. He had the, the McJordan back in the early 90s. This is only the second time ever that they've given someone their own meal. And uh, like I said, they just totally flopped, you know, just get throw, throw a sticker on the quarter pounder box and we'll call it a deal. Yeah. That's all we're asking for, you know, yeah. but uh, no branding whatsoever. There's really nothing at all to signify that this had to do with, you know, Travis Scott. Um, it's 2020 in a nutshell. Yeah, it was just, yeah, <laughs> it was horrible. I, I really, Garbage. I'm, I'm really let down. I expect a lot better out of McDonald's. So Marco, you got anything for us for quarantine and chill this week? Um, so funny thing today, this is going to sound really weird. But I actually tried it tonight as well for dinner, the uh, the Travis Scott meal. <laughs> no, you did not. Yeah. <laughs> so was, did you get did the you barbecue feel, sauce did you and feel bacon like and Travis Sprite? Scott? No, they he actually because I go, I, I go and I'm like, hey, do you have the uh, this? It's six dollars. Like, oh, six dollar meal. He's like, oh, you mean the Travis Scott meal? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, uh, yeah, cool. All right. Uh, what do you want to drink? And I was like, you're not you're supposed to give me a Sprite, aren't you? What's, yeah. I didn't say that to him. That's like. Like, I'll, I'll take a Coke, I guess, because I'm not gonna, oh, <laughs> I was like, I'm not, you already ruined the experience. But I did have bacon on my burger, though. That was, a, that was, so how, was the, how was the quarter pounder with bacon? Um, it was good, actually. The bacon yeah. was. Yeah. Yeah, I, got, I had bacon on mine. Yeah, that's the only, that's the positive. My quarter pounder was fine. But I mean, I would have preferred just a double cheeseburger instead of paying $8 for it to not feel like Travis Scott. You know what yeah, I mean? Exactly, like, yeah, exactly. I, I, I was wanting something to Did be like. Did you get the uh, the barbecue sauce, Marco? Yep, I got the barbecue sauce as you well. You used it on the fries or you used it on the burger also? Oh, both. Of course. Nice. I, I love barbecue oh. sauce. Okay, so Marco, Marco was at least partially into sicko mode. And you guys, yeah, I love I love barbecue sauce. I love barbecue sauce on everything. I was yeah. pumped. I was pumped. I was like, you know, I was going to smear it all over everything. <laughs> I wasn't uh, even in there. I was disappointed when I started seeing the feedback today because, you know, I, I like Travis Scott. He was a big, uh, he had a big influence on Yeezus, which is one of my favorite albums ever. Um, but I was a little bit let down when I saw the lack of uh, of effort that went into this from McDonald's. So with that, yeah. well, you know, en- enough about Travis Scott. I know that the wrestling fans uh, out there are probably just rolling their eyes, you know, like <laughs> some wrestling talk. So, so we will kick off random merch of the week. All right, so random merch of the week. That's where uh, you know we we go into detail about some random piece of wrestling merch that you know we've discovered over the years. There's just been so much wrestling merch. Um, you know, it's crazy that 
as hardcore as we've been into this stuff for decades now, we still find new stuff every week. Um, and we're going to try to just, you know, bring that stuff into light and, uh, tell you guys about it. So, uh, we'll post a link to this on the, uh, the Facebook group, but Marco found the pick for this week. So Marco, tell us about it. Yeah. So, uh, I always try to find like the weirdest things ever. And I think I did. So somebody out there has a collection of the, uh, WWF good humor, ice cream trading cards. Um, not the actual like ice creams, but like the actual like boxes that they come in um, from 1998. It's the whole collection, um, and it's for a two ninety nine, so two hundred ninety nine dollars and ninety nine cents. You can have, and it looks like it's like brand new. Like they, it does. Looks like they're from, like, like factory. Right crisp. Like how was there even ice cream in these? Like, I, you know what I, I mean? I don't know. Like, um, cool thing is you get a, uh, you get pretty much all like the stars of of that year. So like Farouk, um, Kane. Uh, Ken Man, Shamrock, uh, British Bulldog is actually one of them too, as well. No, Undertaker, I don't see Seamus. Um, uh, yeah, no, yeah, definitely not. Come on, um, future Hall of Famer, though. Let's not discount mm-hmm. Seamus. Um, is that Ahmed, Ahmed Johnson? Ahmed John- that was, yeah, that was my surprise when I was like, holy crap, Ahmed Johnson. Um, only one, one of the I was gonna say that one road warrior though. Animal or hawk? It looks like animal. It, it looks, looks like, like animal, animal with the mohawk. Yeah. yeah. I, dude, I'm gonna go out and say it. I don't think these were ever actually on ice cream. I think these were like something straight off the print press. Because if you guys, if you're ever an ice cream box, you know they get hot and then they get cold yeah. and stuff, and they yeah. get kind of just weathered. This looks, this looks mint. Like yeah. this looks like it came right off the print. They're press. like they're like shiny. Like the yeah. the plastic doesn't have any like grimy little kid sticky fingerprints on it. Like nothing. It look, and you can't even see like where the box would have been open. Yeah, it the box mint. doesn't even yeah. looks like it's it's never been. Go closed. down to the description. What's the description say on this? Let's see. Let's go down. Good find, Marco. It you know honestly these have got to be pretty rare because it says uncirculated. There you go. Yeah, yeah. mega rare, complete uncirculated set of it, all twelve yeah. trading cards. It wasn't even until the last couple of years that I realized that the ice cream bars were still going on during the Attitude Era. Because you know, I remember these things. You could find them everywhere, like in the late '80s. You know, when I was like five and six years old, um, they were basically just a staple at grocery stores. And even in the early '90s, you could still find them. But I feel like. You know, after maybe like 1993 or so, I never saw these things anywhere. I didn't even know that the ice cream line has still continued until these past couple of years when I'd see guys from the Attitude Era on the ice cream bar. So this yeah. has got to be a pretty hard to find thing. True. I wasn't really eating a ton. of. I, I was eating a lot more ice cream bars when I was like five or six, I think, than I was probably like 13 or 14, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, these are. Uh, yeah, it does say that they were they're straight out the printed press. I'm not sure how this individual um received these or where they got them from but it's pretty it's, freaking rad there's like a little write-up on each little popsicle yeah it's like cool. yeah it looks it looks really freaking cool speaking of the ice cream bars i have still have not seen the modern day ice cream sandwiches have you tried in, them yet, in my grocery store at all um yes my uh my um one of my friends the one that i uh, i posted the his, the video in the um the the group with uh his garage yeah. Uh, he likes to find things like that because he's like obviously a huge Ghostbuster thing and a Ghostbusters fan. And uh, when they they came out with those high seas, the uh, the Ecto, oh yeah, the yeah, Ecto cooler. He went and purchased them obviously because he's a huge fan. Uh, but yeah, he actually found those um, ice cream bars. I tried one, not good. <laughs> yeah, I told I told Seth my my whole goal is to find them so that I can like hack them. I want to put like you know like the little shell on the side, like make it like legit and like so tasty. But what I cannot was, uh, find them. We have like the NASCAR ones, like there's like Dale Junior ones or something like floating around. I'm like, no, those aren't the ones I want. I what, want. Yeah. What was your What was your take on it, Marco? Just too sweet. That's kind of the reviews I've seen. That they're just 
the too like, sweet, kind of sickly it, sweet. It's like not really ice cream, ice just cream, kind of garbage. It's like, yeah, it's like fluff. It's like yeah, it's like it's like a like an ice cream substitute. It's and I heard mm-hmm. uh, I heard it's like flaky. the cookies are like because it's really more of an ice cream sandwich soggy, now too. Yeah, I heard the yeah they're real soggy. Like, they stick to your like fingers. Birthday and, cake batter kind of is that yeah, true? Yeah, it's, it's just not a good experience. Like, it's really disappointing because the old ones, dude, those were delicious, man. Like I so love good. those things. You know, I I really don't think it's just the nostalgia speaking. Like I remember the cookie was always nice and crisp, and it was. Yeah, they were just really, really good. It really wasn't even an ice cream sandwich. It was like a cookie with some ice cream and chocolate put on it. And now it looks like it's just like a, you know, kind of some kind of bastardized ice cream sandwich situation. Sad. (laughs) It is. All right. If you can mess up ice cream, then you're it's a sad day. Good humor. You you need to go home. You're drunk. (laughs) So now we're done wallowing in the the disappointment that nostalgia always brings. Let's move on to the retro wrestling recommendation of the week. I always love that classic WrestleMania theme. All right, the retro wrestling recommendation of the week is where we pick a match sometimes from way back, sometimes from just a few years back, and uh, tie it to something that's happening this week and uh, just talk a little bit about what that match meant to us. So this week, Sheena's got it. Take it away, Sheen. Yeah, so I want to talk about, um, since FTR are your brand new AEW Tag Team Champions, I think if you're if you're a WWE mark like ourselves and you know you haven't really gotten to experience what amazing tag team wrestling can look like, I want you to go back and watch TakeOver Toronto from November 2016. It was DIY versus The Revival. It was a two out of three falls match. It was just insane. The ending is insane. It is um, action bell to bell and it is just it, it just really shows you like what great tag team wrestling can be when it's given the time and the talent and you actually have legitimate tag teams that have stories and you're not just like making like makeshift tag teams all the time um it, it is just it's just an incredible match we had an honorable mention that we talked about earlier i was gonna uh recommend and we uh yeah, it was the uh, it was the takeover from Orlando in 2017, yes. the, the night before WrestleMania 33. We were actually in the house, second row seats. Hashtag humble brag. Yeah, um, and it was, it awesome. was DIY <laughs> versus Revival versus AOP in a uh, uh, triangle match for yeah. um, for the NXT titles, and that was kind of you know peak NXT tag scene. Yeah, we, we chose that match as an honorable mention because AOP um, it was just announced that WWE released AOP this week, which is so disappointing. I know those guys are injury prone, um, and that that's really been what has has held them back. But man, like they had so, they had so much potential. Um, I loved I loved them with the Monday Night Messiah. I thought it was just such a great gimmick. They were like the Monstars version of J and J Security. I just I love the whole dynamic, and I'm really sad to see that it fizzled out. And now they are are no longer with us. So um, you know, fair winds and following seas to our, our buddies AOP. But maybe maybe they'll turn up at a, at a different promotion where they actually value tag team wrestling. I don't know. Maybe oh, maybe maybe Who knows. All right, we're getting close to the end, but we're going to close it out with some listener Q&A. All right, guys. So we pulled-
polled our Facebook group to see what their questions for the week are. We're going to go through just a few of these questions. This one comes in from our buddy Figure Kingdom. If you do not follow um, him on Instagram, he's just, I mean, his figure photography is just insane. Um, He says, do you see Dominic Mysterio being a main event star one day, or do you see him more as a cruiserweight division mid card? Marco, what do you, where where do you think uh, Dominic Mysterio is going? Um, I don't think he's going to be like a cruiserweight. Um, I think he's going to definitely be in the, uh, um, main event scene. Um, only because he's, he's really good now. Like he's, he's, uh, he's pretty decent from the past few matches I've seen. You can, he's, is, mm-hmm. is, you know, you know, he does, he definitely has a talent, um, coming from the Mysterio line. Um, I kind of equate him as like a, almost like a male Charlotte flair where they're just going to push him to the moon. Um, at some point, and he's just going to be like the. I mean, I I I know that's going to be like the the naysaying thing, but that's a hot take. Yeah, I think it's gonna. Ha- I think it's gonna happen. I think it's they love they love Rey Mysterio. Like that company, like loves 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 Rey Mysterio. They and- do love Rey Mysterio. I, I honestly, though, I, I'm probably give a hot take too. I think he's done well based on what we've seen so far. Yeah. He's still super green. I could see this being more of a Curtis a Curtis Axel. Mm. second generation no. type mm. situation than a than a Charlotte Flair <laughs> type situation. You know what I mean? Um no offense to Curtis Axel, but yeah, I, uh, I just think it's I gonna be know. hot right now. I think I think this was part of again conspiracy theorist Sheena coming out here. I think this was part of Ray Mysterio's re-signing. He's like, hey listen, I'm gonna need you to give my my little guy here a boost. Um, get him on TV, put him in with Seth Rollins, you know, get him a nice feud off the bat. But I think once the once the dust settles off this, you know, contract signing or re-signing, Dominic's going to kind of just fall back down to the. I don't know. I'll, uh, I'll split the difference. I think he's going to be somewhere in between uh, Curtis Axel and Charlotte Flair. So the one thing he's got going for him, <laughs> he looks pretty solid in the ring. He's definitely got charisma. All right, I'll, I, I can buy into his matches. I think the best thing for him to do is. Once everything wraps up, which it may have already wrapped up, I think that, you know, I think uh, what we saw on Monday night where they beat down Buddy Murphy, I think that kind of may be the cap on this feud. I think he needs to disappear for a while. All right. Keep working on his game and come back in NXT. Let's see him do a run in NXT. I was digging the uh, the rumored name change we saw of him being Prince Mysterio. Yep. I think mm-hmm. that's dope. I think that's got a little bit more, uh, you know, a little bit more je ne sais quoi than, <laughs> uh, than Dominic Mysterio. So let's see him go away for a while and then come back and have a run in NXT as Prince Mysterio. And we'll judge him on his own because really right now he's kind of just been a, uh, you know, a tag along to his, his dad's storyline. So let's see what he can do on his own. And then uh, we'll pass final judgment on him. So next and, question, Shane. Well, and he's been with Seth Rollins, which can carry anybody. Yeah, that's going to elevate I mean? anybody. I mean, he's yeah. going to elevate. You're not going to look bad in the ring with Seth. It's true. All right. This comes in from Andrew Lambricks. I feel like I'm saying that. That sounds like a very like British, like a UK name. I feel like I'm, I'm saying the X wrong. Sorry, Andrew. Andrew Lambricks says, blood in modern wrestling, yay or nay? Um, I'll go first. I think I think blood blood in moderation is is good in modern wrestling um i don't i don't we've talked about before just like with the whole matt hardy thing i don't like gratuitous bumps that really put people um people's health and well-being at risks especially headshots and unnecessary chair shots and stuff like that um but 
blood really can elevate a moment. I mean, like the, I, I immediately think of, you know, in modern history, WrestleMania 31, when Brock hits that ring, you know, the ringside post and just the blood starts to like drip down his face, you know, and he got busted open hard way. I mean, that's when the winds of change started going in Roman's favor. Uh, so I, I think there is a place for blood. I just don't like it used gratuitously. Thoughts. Yeah. Uh, so me, I'm kayfabe only, so I don't really know what you guys are talking to about, you know, <laughs> when to use blood or not use blood. To me, if someone gets busted open, they get busted open. That's just the way it is. That's my take. Marco, what about you? <laughs> nah, <laughs> I would agree uh, more with Sheena on that one. Yeah, in, in moderation. Um, it, when it's called for, uh, doesn't you don't have to bleed every single match. Um, so you're saying uh, you want someone to bleed just a little bit? Yeah, just, I mean, uh, you can profusely <laughs> bleed if it if if it if it calls for it. So like like you said, if you if you run into a ring post yeah. or like um, something has you get hit with the with the bell or something like that, or it's the corner of the step or something something where like exactly. it's gonna make you bleed. Yes, or somebody just, gouges your eyeball out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not just just to bleed in every single match. Like that's it's uh, it's been done to death pretty much. So like. True. I think I think Cody always takes it a step too far. The Rhodes oh, yeah. brother, the Rhodes brothers. I mean, I know that's like kind of a thing, but it's a like Rhodes thing. it's a Rhodes it thing. It's, I'll give the kayfabe explanation. You know, you saw it with Dusty all those years. He'd get <laughs> punched in the forehead, and somehow it caused a slit. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it somehow caused a straight cut all the way across his forehead that yeah. you know just uh, mm-hmm. you know squirted blood all over the place. So it just runs in the family, you know, so that that's why they're, uh, they're prone to that. So yeah, their foreheads are sensitive to punches. <laughs> very, very sensitive foreheads. So we're going to do one more question this week. Uh, for anybody that didn't get their question answered, you know, I think, uh, Sheena's going to pin this thread on the group. So we'll kind of yeah. keep it, uh, just as a running tally. So, you know, if, if you got a question that doesn't necessarily pertain to just, you know, something that's happened this week, stand by, cause we'll probably read it, but we got one more question and it's a real banger. So I'm going to let Sheena read this one. And uh, I think I'm going to kind of sit out on this one. I'll see what Marco has to think about it. Yeah, this oh, is a man. question of the week. Um, <laughs> this is from our, our buddy, Brian Baker. He says, what do people use fennel for? Anise fennel is what he says. What do people use anise fennel for? I work at a food lion. Don't know if y'all knew ever heard heard of that story. Definitely heard of food lion. Definitely heard of food lion. Been in several food lions. Um, in the produce department, and I've never heard of it until recently. Marco, are you familiar with fennel? Do you get any hot takes on anise fennel? Marco? I have no, I have no clue what that is. Okay, no. so I ha- I have some takes. I'm the cook of I'm the cook of the family. I actually really enjoy fennel in salads. Um, it has kind of a spicy like licorice type flavor. Oh, I know um, what that is. All yeah, right. it's it's a vegetable. It's a member of the carrot family, um, but it is not a root vegetable. So carrots are root ve- root vegetables. Fennel actually grows above the ground. Um, anise is actually. Um, it's like star anise or anise. I guess however you pronounce it. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it correctly. Um, but it's. They're two separate things, but they there's anise seeds and fennel seeds. They taste like licorice, which is why it's fennel anise. But yeah, the most popular way is to like roast it um, and just eat it as like a as a roasted vegetable. But yeah, it's really good. So thank you, Brian Baker, for that for that banger of a question this week. And I hope <laughs> that we were able to provide some some intel for you. So now that when you're in the produce section, you can help all of your customers and let them know what they can use their anise for or their fennel for. So for everybody out there, keep the questions rolling in. All right. They don't have to be wrestling related. We'll try to pick out at least one uh, kind of just random question every week to address because, you know, it keeps it fun. So we definitely appreciate you guys. 
Um, that about wraps it up for this week. Again, remember you can follow Sheena at Chick Foley on Instagram. Follow Marco at Chick Foley Show on Twitter. Um, the best way to support the show is to subscribe and review on iTunes. And then again, if you guys want, uh, check out Patreon. You know, we got a lot of good content on there. And again, you're going to get access to what I think is the best group of uh, wrestling fans on the internet on Facebook. All right. So uh, hit it up. It's just chick, it's uh, patreon.com slash chick Foley show. And then also we have a lot of teas available at pro wrestling teas. So uh, a lot of great stuff over there. And if you happen to be browsing, take a look at the chick Foley show store on pro wrestling teas. Uh, Marco, you got anything else for the listeners before we head out for this week? Keep hope alive. That's all I, you know, <laughs> that's all I have. Just uh, hang in there. Keep, keep hope yet. alive and get yourself a 20 piece McNugget instead of a Travis Scott special. There we go, folks. All <laughs> right. We'll see you next week.